0: Hello, my name is Stella, and I'd like to introduce you to a special kid named Donovan. Donovan will be turning nine this January. He loves building things, archery, turtles, and Star Wars. Sadly, Donovan faces some difficult struggles on a daily basis. He's been diagnosed with Asperger syndrome, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Every day, Donovan has to cope with disabilities and deal with the harsh judgment the outside world gives him. We are starting this Kickstarter campaign so that Donovan and his family can tell their story. Together they would like to write a book called Donovan and the Dark Side. It will educate people on the disabilities from the perspective of Donovan himself. He will talk about the ways his disabilities affect his everyday life in a simple way only a kid could. The book is called Donovan and the Dark Side because Donovan is a big Star Wars fan and he has used his love for Star Wars as a great coping tool for his problems. One of the central themes in Star Wars is the struggle one faces to stay away from the dark side. Donovan relates to this in a big way. The Jedi fight anger to keep from turning to the dark side, and Donovan's disability causes him to constantly be fighting his own anger. He compares his fighting to regain calmness during his bipolar tantrums to a Jedi trying not to turn to the dark side. In the book, Donovan will talk about different ways kids can cope with their disabilities, with the lessons he learned from Star Wars, as well as other creative methods he's come up with. We are asking for $2,000 so we could do a print and a digital edition of the book. Money will go towards things like designing the e-book edition, editing and publishing the print edition, and promoting the final copy. Any surplus of money received will go towards services for Donovan, such as museum trips, park memberships, and other needs.
1: Thanks for listening, and for donating whatever you
2: can. For more information, or to make a contribution, please visit
1: kickstarter.com and search for Donovan and the Dark Side. Thank you.
2: Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by starwarsdaily.com. The Force will be with you, always.
1: Hello and welcome to the 85th episode of Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast for the episode A Friend in Need. We are 220 days uh, away from Star Wars Celebration 6 as of the recording of this. And uh, and this, this episode will officially begin our countdown, the countdown. To, to not only uh, Celebration 6, but also uh, we're going to figure it out and, and uh, get that episode 100 to coincide. That'd be so, neat. yeah. Uh yeah, so it's a, it's the countdown to uh to celebration 6 and episode 100 of Frontline for Clone Wars podcast. We only got 15 left including this episode. So, yes. I uh, I am your host, Michael Cohen, as oh, always yeah. and and, uh, and along with me you can hear is my co host <laughs> Matt Crinky. By the way, hey, Clone Wars fans. Yeah, yeah. I think they know who we are at this point. Yes, um, I think they do. If you're tuning in at episode eighty five and you've never listened before, um my favorite <laughs> episode is Trespass, but that might change tonight.
3: Yes, you never know. You never know. Each episode we know. always you never know who's gonna knock off trespass. Yeah, you never Mike. Know. We don't you never know. know. So uh Hey, we got a lot to talk about, and you Did know you? what? Let's uh, let's get right into the news.
2: Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die.
3: Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> And you know, Mike, I'm just a little tired because you know what? We've had a rough weekend with that Twitter uh, pod race, man. Are you sore from that? What's how you a doing? little bit,
1: <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, we uh, we kind of uh, fell into the the position as uh, as I think James Arnold Taylor's uh, captains of the pit crew. At least yes. I feel like I did. Um, and for those that don't know, Saturday uh, this past Saturday, the uh, what was that? The thirteenth, the fourteenth, fourteenth. I uh, was the first ever Star Wars Twitter pod race. Yes. Uh, and uh, there were uh, a whole bunch of uh, contestants, but the sort of the most notable are uh, James Arnold Taylor, uh, uh, Kyle Newman, uh, director of Fanboys. Uh, there was a Robot Chicken, uh, the Robot Chicken Twitter account was one of them. I uh, and uh some some members of uh Team Unicorn. I don't I'm not 100% familiar with what that is, but they were there. It seemed to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um uh Daniel Logan was was part of it and uh, I all of this uh, held by the official starwars.com website, so and their official Twitter account. And uh and uh, I, I woke up Saturday morning not really thinking about it, going like, I think it occurred to me at one point, like, oh, yeah, that that Twitter thing's happening today. Mm-hmm. Um, not really paying much attention to it. Like, I think a lot of people initially were. Me uh, included, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, at 11 o'clock, uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday, it, it kicked off. Um, and at about 10.45, I think I jumped on Twitter to just sort of, uh, weigh in and give my support to uh to one of our favorites uh you heard him at the at the head of the show uh james arnold taylor the voice of obi-wan kenobi yes. um not only because he's the voice of obi-wan kenobi but because he's the voice of so many clone wars characters as well as so many other amazing uh uh characters in uh in the animated universe um you know uh, Fred Flintstone and Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank and Johnny Tess. Like he just he does so many things. So uh, I just wanted to weigh in and be like, yeah, this is who I uh, who I personally support. This is who Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast supports. And uh, and uh, and then kind of got caught up in it. It just kind of it, it all started to come together and it it was really exciting and uh, and so I jumped in there and uh, James Arnold Taylor on Facebook had asked. Any of his fans to say uh, volunteer for his pit crew, and uh, essentially the way that it worked was once it started. I th- I think I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure because they never really said. Mm. But I think the way that it worked was that they uh, they based it on on the sort of the retweets and the and the hashtag for each individual team. So right, uh, I was hashtagging team Obi Wan like a fool <laughs> all morning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't even, I can't even go back and count. It's the most that I've tweeted consecutively since, uh, since I think like the first two weeks that I was on Twitter. So um, it was, it was tons of fun. It was the most fun I've ever had on Twitter, I think um, just kind of going, going yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, interacting with James Arnold Taylor with uh, with Daniel Logan, with Kyle Newman, with the Star Wars account, with the Force uh, Force uh, a couple of guys from the Forcecast were on there, uh, tweeting their support for the forcenet um, and it was just it it was a lot of fun. It was a really cool event, and uh, I hope that they do more because because uh, I had a, I had a good time. Uh, yeah, and you
3: you kind of you kind of caught me up. You you kind of did a tweeter mention in my. Uh... My phone was sitting here and go, well, wait a minute, there's that, like you said, you know, it's like it kind of snuck up on us and, uh, yeah. I, you know, I started doing the same thing and I wasn't exactly sure what to do. I knew to use the hashtag thing, but I didn't know if, I just started picking, thinking of lines that Obi-Wan would say and, and tweet them out as kind of like support for Team Obi-Wan and it seemed to work, yeah. um, you know, so I think it was kind of up to anybody, whatever you wanted to put down. It was just having fun. uh. And you, and you can follow the Twitter. I mean, it was just bam, bam. I mean, it was rapid fire, you know? Bam, bam. Here's another one, another one, another one. So it was kind of fun to, to do that. And yeah. I think, who ended up winning the thing? I think it was 501st, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, the 501st ended up taking it. And uh, for, you know, for good reason. I mean, they don't call them a legion for nothing. Yeah. Uh, I think they had a lot of people jumping on Twitter that morning to uh, to give their support. And, uh, and yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was a mostly clean race, I think.
3: Uh,
1: oh yeah, Kyle Newman may have been uh, <laughs> accused of a couple of <laughs> nefarious uh, pod racing tactics. Yes, yes. But, uh, that was a fun part of it too. Yeah, yeah. But Reading no, it, it was it was a really cool event. And if you want to check that out on Twitter, uh, just go in and, and search the hashtag Pod Race. Yeah, and uh, and most of the twitters. Most of the tweets should be in there, hashtag NunderPadres. And uh, specifically, if you hashtag Team, uh, capital O, capital B, number one, like as in the number one, uh, you should find uh, all the the stuff for James Arnold Taylor for Team Obi-Wan. And you will see my Twitter in there a lot. <laughs> Mine and the Clone Wars one and yeah. yours pops up a few times, A few times, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so good times. So yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I hope they do it again.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I'm sure they will too, because I think it was pretty well received. A lot of people had fun And yeah. speaking of Twitter, uh, Anthony Daniels. Let's roll right into this. Anthony Daniels tweeted the title of the Padawan the Padawan Menace sequel, and he, and this is sort of you know if you check his uh, his Twitter. He said, uh, top secret, but the millions who were thrilled to Lego the Padawan Menace can look forward to more fun. I have a new script wittily titled The, or The, almost The, and that's all he says. So it sounds like they're going to do a sequel to uh, The Padawan Menace, which was really cool. I mean, we had a good time with that. I thought everybody, everybody, at least everybody I know that saw that uh, had a good time and and they enjoyed it, so... A, a sequel is, uh, is going to be good. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's just he, that's what he tweeted. It just kind of
3: yeah, it's a, trails and it, off like that. It, it, it trails off just like that. And he does it again. He goes, oh, I, I'm sorry about that, the 140-character the thing. And he starts again. It's uh, going to be titled The, and then he stops again. So if he knows that he's not saying, he just wants everybody to know we're going to have a sequel. Uh, or he really doesn't know what it's going to be called. He's just teasing everybody. But either way it sounds like we are going to be getting a sequel. So that's good. Good stuff from uh, whoever. I don't even remember who does that. But it was, it was, a, it was a neat a neat little uh, half-hour special. So I liked it. Um, what else is going on? Hey, you know, it's wintertime, Mike. Uh, it could get cold out there, especially in Canada. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. Uh, currently <laughs> snow falling outside my window. So. Oh, see? Here we go. Yeah. So you might need one of these Chewbacca furry zip hoodies. You never know. The Chewbacca-inspired zip hoodie features an all-over faux Wookiee fur with an embroidered ammunition sash. And this is from Hot Topic, which is a company that does... I don't know if they have these in, in your area, Mike. This is a, a store you usually find in the malls. Uh, lots of like jewelry and uh, kind of the, the gothic type of stuff. But they do have a lot of t-shirts and stuff like that that, that have different sayings on them, especially Star Wars stuff. So you can find that. At Hot Topic for seventy bucks, and it has the <clears throat> the hoodie that comes over, and it's got the bandolier. You know, it's all dialed in. So if you're into that sort of thing, for seventy dollars, you can find that at Hot Topic. Uh, we got some quick hitting things too, Mike. Um, McDonald's. You know, they're getting back into the Happy Meal thing with the Phantom Menace in three D. <laughs> So uh isn't everybody. I know. You know what's funny is like it's it's like coming around again with the Phantom Menace and the, the promotions. I mean Pepsi's getting involved. Uh I think uh I wanna say KFC's getting involved too. I, I could've sworn I saw something with them, but everybody's getting back into this whole thing and and uh they're gonna be having some sort of a dish shooter or something like that. And uh they're gonna be with R2 D two, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Mace, Yoda. Maul, Saboba, Anakin, so all the characters from The Phantom Menace. And you can actually go to the McDonald's website and to uh, Happy Meal. I think it's Happy Meal, McDonald'sHappyMeal.com or something like that. And it shows them all out there, and it shows all the toys you're going to get. So like, like we talked about, Mike, it's, uh, we're getting close to uh, The Phantom Menace in 3D, and it's, it's like 1999 all over again, but just yeah. di- dialed way down, of course.
1: Yeah, well, these are just as uninspired as any other, uh, as any other toy, huh? as yeah. any other Happy Meal toy of late. You remember back in the day when Happy Meal toys used to be awesome? Yeah, I know. Yeah, like when yeah. they first started, like Happy Meal toys were really cool. Like they had the transforming, uh, like little transforming chicken nugget package, and a, and like a Big Mac, like when they used to be the Styrofoam things. Oh, yeah. Like they had actual little transformers that transformed into McDonald's food and stuff and uh you know like they used to have really really cool stuff and now it's like yeah i don't even i don't even Ah, get these things i'm just i'm looking at pictures of them right now and it's like some of them kind of look like the pod racers they're like these little they're like these little things that you put like a little disc on and i guess you push a button and the disc flies off or something like that yeah and Some of them are lightsabers, like some of them are like Obi Wan's is his lightsaber, Qui Gon's is his lightsaber, but then others are like R two D two is just R two D two,
3: yeah, with
1: like a little thing on the top that shoots a disc off. Like I don't know, they just like what I don't know what that has to do with Star Wars or 3D or yeah, the
3: Phantom Phantom Menace Menace. or (laughs)
1: except for that, like it's just Yeah. yeah, other than the fact that they put that stuff on there. Mm-hmm.
3: But even my kids, you know, it's like like you said about happy meals of late uh, My youngest one. He's the only one that actually would care about him, but it's like he doesn't even care about him anymore, you know, it's like Yeah, whatever you, you, you look at it for like five minutes and then it's it's in the trash or it's on the floor or whatever, you know, no big yeah. deal. So yeah, it's not the not like it used to be definitely uh, Some other stuff going on Dave Filoni. He confirmed that death watch which are We are going to be talking about in this episode uh, we will return in Season 5, and especially a uh, female character, bo Catan. So uh, he, he actually confirmed that on his Facebook account. So uh, look for those fans of Death Watch. Uh, they're going to be back next season, and i you know, probably in some bigger bigger aspect. I think this is probably the only chance we're going to see them this season, Mike, uh, it seems like.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, Is that now? Is that character that you just said? Is that the the one that was sketched? That there's like an illustration on his Facebook page, currently.
3: Uh, I have to look. I don't remember. I know the the katana is the one that's in this episode. It's the female by voiced by Katie Sackoff. Uh, she's okay. she's in this episode, um, very briefly, uh, a few lines, but some pretty good stuff. But I think uh, that's who he was sketching. You know, we haven't seen her face yet. Yeah. And it's like a picture. I think the, it's the the picture you're talking about. is She's like looking away, but you can see some hair. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: You can see her red hair. And she's just, yes. Like, it's an illustration by Dave Filoni. And it's, it's such a great illustration. Like it's right. so cool. You put it on a t-shirt. It's, it's that good.
3: Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, that's what you're talking about. And uh yeah. that is her. They just they never showed her face yet. And it sounds like they're going to do that next season uh so last thing we'll talk about before we get to the recap is uh, Oprah winfrey she's got uh she's gonna be at skywalker ranch apparently and on saturday or sunday january 22nd you will see the episode with her talking with george lucas and uh, obviously you're going to be talking a lot about red tails but you never know hopefully uh hopefully star wars or the clone wars or something or the live action show will come out during that interview so uh, be looking out for that this coming Sunday, um, and you know he was actually just on. Um, what was he on? He was on. Uh, what's the uh, the show he was on last year? And he uh, the host of the show actually hosted C five. Why am I drawing a blank? On uh, <laughs> the Daily Show. The Daily Show. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was think, trying to think of. I was of, like, uh, "What are you talking about,
3: Stewart? What's <laughs> his name, Stewart?" A to
1: catch up. John Stewart.
3: Yeah, Stu John. There you go. Um, yeah, he was on John Stewart um, a few, a uh, few. I think I saw it a few days ago. Finally caught up on that. So he's kind of making the rounds of the uh, the talk show circuit a little bit yeah. here. So we will see him on Oprah
1: Winfrey. Next which Sunday. which reminds me, because by the time that this goes out, uh, the twentieth will be the well. It is this coming Friday. Everybody listening to this should go see Red Tails this weekend. Yeah, um, just awesome. because, like, you know what, this is this is Lucas's first uh, produced movie uh, since you know, uh, well, I guess that in Indiana Jones, but um, prior to the prequels. So uh, I think that we all need to get out there and support this movie as particularly because of the, the content and uh and the what the subject matter that the movie is about i think that it deserves uh all of our support and uh, and it looks like a good movie to boot so yeah uh so i think that we should all get out there and uh and check it out yes. this weekend so that those uh those box office numbers are nice and high and uh you know actually go pay full price yeah it's worth it. It looks yeah. like a good movie. So I will more than likely see it this weekend. Um, and then hopefully have a review for you guys. Oh, good,
3: That's, good. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'll go support that, and that hopefully that will turn into some live-action stuff. Hey, what do yeah. you know? <laughs> but uh, let's talk about some Clone Wars, man. Let's get into the recap.
2: A disturbance, of course. Is it possible? To learn this power. They, like me, believe him to be the chosen one. Times okay. uh, I sense there's something here. The army has assembled Count Dooku.
1: The Mon Calamari system must not fall into separatist hands.
2: All troops, battle stations!
1: This isn't gonna be easy.
2: We'll disintegrate for sure! Suck it up, shiny. I will attack the Naboo! <laughs> <laughs> I will return, Mother. I want you! <laughs> I don't work for Long have empire has been built upon the backs of slaves. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him.
4: I'll keep an eye on him. <laughs>
2: down, Jedi Welcome
1: to Death Watch.
3: No! Alright, let's kick off A Friend in Need. And this is, uh, in an effort to end the Clone Wars, the first ever sanctioned peace talks between the Republic and the separatists are held on the neutral world of Mandalore. Ahsoka Tano accompanies Senator Padmé Amidala, who leads the Republic delegation in discussions with representatives from the separatist parliament. Senator Voatel and the Confederacy demands the Republic recognize the Confederacy of Independent Systems as a legitimate state. Before Padmé can answer, Lux Bonteri makes a dramatic entrance. And Mike, so here we are. We're on Mandalore. Okay, and this is kind of interesting—the first ever sanctioned meeting between mm-hmm. the separatists and the Republic. Wow, this is the first I've ever ever heard of this. Like actual enemies getting a chance to to talk it out, and they're going to the the, the man, Mandalore. And it didn't dawn on me at first, but that Mandalore is a weapon-free world, so that kind of made sense there. And, and when I saw Ahsoka yeah. running around, and later on, it kind of kind of all kind of came back to me. So. Um, but here's uh, here's Lux, Mike. And we talked about Lux last season, and we kind of had an inkling that he was going to return sometime in the future. And here he is back, and he's he's a little pissed off, Mike. He's uh, he's looking for Dooku. And if, if we if you didn't remember, um, Mina Bonteri, she was on I believe it was Hero <laughs> on Both Sides. The, the yep. episode she was on, she was part of the CIS, and she was an ad- admirer of Count Dooku. But, uh, you know, remember her husband was clear, uh, killed by the clones. Um, and Bonteri was ultimately killed uh, in so much as, you know, it was Dooku who did it. Not personally, if I remember right, but he's the one that orchestrated it. Yeah. So Lux finds out about this, and here he is. So um, anything, anything in this particular, anything that I missed there as far as the uh, kind of the backstory of... of Lux and Mina there?
1: No, yeah, I think that's about it. And, uh, interesting, like, there's a lot of characters in this episode right now off the get-go, right in this, in this one scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Duchess Satina's is there, but she doesn't have any lines. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Padme's there, um, Mon Mothma is there, uh, Bail Organa is there, but he doesn't say anything. It's, uh, it's, it's a fairly full first five minutes of the episode, um, but we get get to the action pretty quick. This is actually... I'm, I'm just going to come right out and say it right at the beginning. This is what these episodes should have been like last season. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. this kind of harkens back to, you know, heroes on both sides. And, and uh, yeah, uh, all of these... Oh, man. Just the, you know, the five or six uh, political intrigue episodes that made the middle portion of Season 3 just drag on and on and on. Um, yeah. This is an episode that encapsulates a lot of those ideas right off the bat, but then very quickly moves the story forward. And I feel like, you know, even this season with uh, with Darkness on Ambara and, uh, you know, the beginning of that arc, um, I still have a couple of these stories where they really labor through these plot points and and just kind of it takes forever for the story itself to get going and that's not the case with with this one with this episode oh no we get we get into it pretty quick rather than having to sit through them actually debate you know whether or not the the republic and the confederacy are gonna you know Lay down their arms and sort of thing, because you know, like it, at the end of the day, we know they're not. <laughs> we know how this turns no. out. They yeah. keep fighting until the end of the Clone Wars. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, unlike last season, where it was like, oh, are they going to? Won't they? Will they? What's going on? This is interesting. Blah blah blah. It's like, no, we know what's going to happen. There's no stakes here. It's not interesting. But we do have two characters in this episode that we don't know what's going to happen to them. Right. We have several characters actually, in right. Lux Bonteri, uh, Ahsoka Tano, and uh, well, we get the reintroduction of some uh, familiar bad guy faces oh, later yes. on in the episode. So, uh, so yeah, I don't. It's it's a it's an episode that's sort of full of actual stakes, which uh, it feels like the Clone Wars has been lacking a little bit as of yes, like, yes. Um, go ahead. Mike, well, let's ahead. continue. I, yes. All are surprised to see Lux, especially Ahsoka. Lux addresses the Senators and accuses Count Dooku of murdering his mother. The Separatist Senators react with outrage and their security droids apprehend Lux and drag him away. Protocol dictates that this is strictly a Confederacy affair and the Republic cannot intervene on Lux's behalf, but Padme tells Ahsoka to follow discreetly and do what she can to help
3: Within the hold of the Separatist landing ship, the droids bring Lux before a hologram of Count Dooku. As Dooku transmits his signal, Lux secretly adjusts a device attached to his wrist. Dooku grows more more annoyed with Lux's accusations and orders his droids to kill the young senator. Before the security droids can execute Lux, Ahsoka storms into the hold. She is unarmed, as per Mandalorian law, but she uses the force to push the droids away. Ahsoka grabs his Lux's hands, hand, and they take off running. And at first, I was wondering, you know, um, as far as Dooku, he must have had some kind of of secret device listening into to those meetings, or mm-hmm. somebody was relaying information to him because those droids immediately take Lux, and there's a hologram of Dooku. He's ready to kill yeah. him. You know, yeah. so he's watching everything. I mean, this guy knows everything that's going on, especially when it comes to the Separatists, the CIS. He's, 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 he knows everything. He sees everything, and he, he tries to stay abreast of what's going on everywhere. And, uh, again, like I said earlier, I, I, it didn't dawn on me until I saw Ahsoka run. I go, why did she just use her lightsabers? You know, what's going yeah. on? Oh, that's right. She's got to give those up as soon as they, uh, as soon as they land on Mandalore. So, um, I'll continue here. Pursued by commando droids, the young fugitives race aboard a docked Republic vessel. Senate guards hold off the droids while Ahsoka starts up the ship and blasts off into the skies. The peace negotiations have collapsed and Ahsoka races towards Coruscant in hopes of granting Lux
1: amnesty. Lux refuses the Republic's help. He pulls a blaster on Ahsoka, insisting he has a plan of his own. He has made contact with a group on Karlak that will help him seek vengeance on Dooku. Lux zaps Ahsoka unconscious and takes control of the ship.
2: I can't go with you, Ahsoka. What? I told you I have a plan.
4: (laughs) Shooting me is not going to be part of it. What are you doing with a gun anyhow? You're not a fighter.
2: I'm no longer a separatist either. I won't join the Republic.
4: What other options do you have?
2: There is a different way.
4: I understand everything that you've been through. I understand you feel alone. But the Republic will help you. Like they helped my mother?
2: I've already made contact with a group on Karlak who are noble and are allied with my cause.
4: And what cause is that?
2: To kill Dooku.
4: The only one you're going to get killed is yourself. I'm sorry, but I'm taking you to Coruscant. Your plan hasn't exactly been well thought out, Lux. Without me? How did you think you were going to escape those droids?
2: Like this. I'm sorry, Ahsoka.
3: And you know, Mike, I have to mention too, uh, just before this, um, during the escape, he he tells, he tells tries to tell Ahsoka, you know, I appreciate your help, but, and this is as they were running to get to the ship before this particular... Uh, audio portion we just listened to yeah uh he tells her you know I, I appreciate your help but so he's actually trying not to take her along he doesn't want her to get involved in this and that's after the second time i watched it i noticed that so i don't think looks like i said he didn't want her to get involved but because he has this plan of revenge and and this is going to cause a little bit of uh trouble bringing a soak along but he has no choice now he tried to get her to stay you know but uh she ultimately has to come along and so and, and then here's Lux. We don't know. He's like an independent now, Mike. He's uh yeah. he's not a separatist anymore, obviously, because of Duku, Do- but he doesn't really want to join the Republic, and I can't, you know, I can't really blame him because of what happened to his father. Uh, so he's just he basically he just wants Duku. He's alone. He just he wants to get Duku. That's the only thing on his mind. Um, and that's what his sole purpose is. So yeah.
1: Yeah, if only there was some sort of third rebellious faction for him to join. <laughs> <before he laughs> Is there a third away. option? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's really interesting because, again, we saw some of the characters uh, earlier that will end up forming the Rebel Alliance, uh, being Padme. Uh, well, she doesn't quite make it that far, but uh, mm-hmm. um, Bail Organa and Mon Mothma. Yeah. Um, which, uh, it, as of deleted scenes in uh, in Episode 3, you know, they were really the beginning of the rebellion, their movement right. against the Empire and the Chancellors uh, sort of uh, hold over the Republic. Yes, um, It was very clear that something else is going on, so um, it would only make sense that the same thing's going on on the side of the Separatists, where there are some separatists who are sitting there going like where is Dooku getting all of this information from? How is this like this war just keeps going with no end in sight? Why does he continue to take systems against their will? You know, like that sort of, like there has to be yeah. some people. Um you know, speaking with some sort of rationale within the the Confederacy of Independent Systems, mm-hmm. and uh, and Lux's mother was one of those people until she was silenced. Yes. Silent, yes. So, yes. Yes. So yeah, very very interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the, you know, the political intrigue aside, This episode right here takes a a turn. Oh yeah, this is where it for the in. better. Where, yeah. Whereas last season it would have kept on going like, oh, what's the political intrigue here? This yes. episode takes a, a nice uh, right turn into, uh, into yeah. a little bit more uh, action-oriented territory and some very cool locations and characters. So.
3: Yes, good point, good point. Ahsoka wakes up to find that the ship has landed and her lightsabers are missing. Through the viewport, she sees Lux standing outside in the snows of Karlak. Ahsoka tasks R2-D2 with a, with, uh, to find her
1: weapons... While she storms outside to talk with Bonteri, uh, and it's it's very clear from the second that we land on this planet, exactly what it's inspired by. <laughs> I was going to say, how'd you like this planet? The, uh, the shades of trespass here. The, well, there's the cherry blossoms in the snow, right? right. So uh, even before we saw the the local inhabitants and their their village, uh, I, I could tell right away that this was going to be a very Japanese inspired uh, location, um, very cool. But yeah, I, yeah, definitely shades of trespass. I don't know what it is about episodes that take place on ice planets, but uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's... A, it seems like a good luck charm to me. So. <laughs> it is. <huh? laughs> uh, before Ahsoka can have any uh, many words with Lux, her voice is drowned out by the roar of rocket packs. A squad of Death Watch soldiers, led by Bo Katan. Surround Lux and Ahsoka. Much to Ahsoka's surprise, Lux is in league with Death Watch. She plays along, pretending to be Bonteri's betrothed. (laughs) Bonteri's betrothed, say that five times fast. Uh, R2-D2 emerges from the ship, lightsabers stashed in his storage compartments, just in time to be lifted into a speeder by the Mandalorians gonna play into a very cool sequence you know? oh
3: yeah and death watch is back folks yeah. I and mean, those fans of death watch here they are it was a great entrance and we like i said earlier we got the entrance of the new female
1: warrior Bo-Katan with and that wicked new helmet right yeah. which is more based off of the uh the concept art for for boba fett and the mandalorian helmet yeah yeah so right, uh right. really cool to see them reuse a design like that a design that i love um to see it, uh, on, uh, on a, a living, moving character. Yes. But a moving (laughs) character. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Very, very cool. I just love the look of it and, uh, makes so much sense now, you know, like you look at that design and you go, Oh, it's kind of, it's a little bit too ornamental for Boba Fett, right? It doesn't have sort of that, Mm -hmm. that tough guy, uh, persona. like there's a comic where, where it's, Somebody says to Boba Fett, you know, show you know you're a coward. Show your face or something like that. And he got the helmet on and everything. and He goes, "This is my face, yeah. right?" That's that's Boba Fett to a T. Yeah. Uh, if you'll excuse the pun on the T visor there, <laughs> but uh, like that's Boba, right? Like that 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 look that like that permanent scowl and permanent sort of badass look of the Mandalorian <laughs> helmet fits him perfectly, but I uh, you know the character would have been very different if if that helmet had been more like uh, Bo Katan wears, mm-hmm. but it fits her character really well. Like it's sort of it still got that same sort of foreboding quality that the Mandalorian helmet has, but it's just a little bit softer, a little bit more feminine, and uh, and just makes so much sense. Right. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know what if there's anything cooler. Or, or as cool as Boba Fett himself, it's a, uh, it's a chick in Mandalorian. <laughs> oh yeah, you know? yeah, like, like okay, wh- like I said earlier, two hundred and twenty days, ladies, you've got two hundred and twenty days to get that outfit in order. Uh, yes. I'm sure that there are, there are several of you already hard at work on it. So, um, <laughs> I can't wait for C6. That That's would be awesome. all man. I'm gonna say, yeah. although they are gonna be very hot in Orlando uh very warm
2: <laughs>
3: <In that laughs> i can attest to that yeah i know that was that, I, the helmet and you'll see a different helmet obviously from pre vizla uh just yeah. to, just so everybody knows that is the man right there but yeah new new character here bo katan voiced by katie Sackhoff, like i said yeah it, it, sci-fi guys will know who that is and then here's another thing too ahsoka knows how to play it safe right here and she signals r2 hey it's not time yet you know put my lightsabers away and how about the smacking of Ahsoka on the butt. Yeah. And and, and the Katan She says, "A little skinny, isn't she?" And she kind of gives her a swat on the butt. So uh, just a little bit of, of of levity there, and and just how, how you know this is this is how these Death Watch are. And and there's yeah. another and there's another section coming up where it kind of reminds me of uh, kind of like the old west here, and I, and I'll mention that in a second here. But uh, uh, let me continue here. The speeder brings the newcomers. To a death watch camp. The once strictly regimented militaristic Mandalorian dissidents now appear as little more than barbaric outlaws. A gang of Mandalorians cruelly blasts apart captured droids for their own amusement. Bo Katan brings Lux and Ahsoka to the main tent in the camp. And here's what I'm talking about. You know, this, it kind of reminded me of, say, uh, like an old Western or something, like a cowboy clan or. Or, you know, here's a group over here doing target practice, you know, and there's a meeting over here with the the big honchos, Um, you know, everybody's kind of bored, nothing really much going on, you know, hey, wenches, go make me some food, whatever, you know. It kind of gave you that vibe with this whole Mandalorian crew. It's kind of like an old west live, you know, they have their own code, obviously, and and that's how they live. So um, I like the way they
1: did that. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Lux Lux reveals to Ahsoka that his wrist gadget is a holo-trace device, uh, which can pinpoint the source of any holographic transmission. He has used it to zero in on Dooku's whereabouts, a location he plans to turn over to Death Watch so they can assassinate the Separatist leader. Ahsoka warns Lux not to trust the murderous mercenaries, uh, to silence her objections as the Mandalorians enter the tent, Lux impulsively kisses Ahsoka, which, uh, which I think that there's a, there's probably some fans out there who are kind of like, oh, you know, is that going to happen in this episode? I think they got pretty close in the, in the previous episode right. to, uh, to some romantic entanglements. And, yeah. uh, and you see that kind of take another step in this episode. So very cool. Um, there's actually a moment that we kind of uh, glossed past earlier. Where uh, <laughs> Anakin notices oh, this yeah. connection yeah. that's growing between the two of them, yes, when, right. uh, yeah. when they're taking off from Mandalore, and uh, Ahsoka reports into Anakin that they're heading to Coruscant. Um, yeah. She kind of she kind of like really jumps to to his defense, and it's like, oh, well, we have to we have to grant Lux amnesty, and uh, and Anakin kind of has this look of like. Oh, there's a little bit more going on there than just you know this is the right thing to do. This is uh, this is what she wants, right? Like it's a right. it's a personal thing. But he's not about to uh, <laughs> to look down on that. Uh, she probably learned it from him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. I, I I
3: remember watching that, and you're right. Yeah, that, in the hologram, they definitely make it known that Anakin kind of goes, huh?
1: You know, yeah, like, wait. he gives I, her a so- look, and then just lets it go.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and Lux's plan obviously worked here. And at first, I thought he was, in the beginning of this, I thought he was trying to record Dooku just to play it back. But
1: yeah, that yeah. was
3: actual device that uh, can trace holo transmissions. So the, his plan worked. So uh, the Mandalorian leader Pre Vizsla dismisses Ahsoka and confronts Lux in a private, in private, demanding to know Dooku's location. Visla wants revenge on the Separatist leader for abandoning the Death Watch on the eve of their takeover of Mandalore. Convinced that Visla wants Dooku dead just as badly as he does, Lux hands over the holotrace device.
1: The Mandalorians shove R2-D2 into a tent converted into a droid storage area. The mercs order the astromech to repair their damaged combat droids so they can be blasted again. This is a really creepy scene. Yeah. It's sort of like the half-dead droids all sort of shuffling towards R2-D2, yeah. uh, all asking to be repaired.
3: Yeah, kind of uh, it reminded me of Toy Story when... Uh, yeah, yeah. they get that, too? Yeah, I don't know. It's funny how this show... I always, I always get a, a reference somewhere. Uh, it seems like in every episode... There's always a reference to Star Wars or Disney or something. But, yeah, I definitely got that vibe, like the toys were, were coming alive. And, and we, at this point, we don't know what the purpose is, but we'll soon find out. It soon makes, all makes sense. So, uh, Bo-Katan pushes Ahsoka into a tent filled with servant women captured from a nearby village. One woman named Trila explains her situation to Ahsoka and warns her not to push too hard against the Mandalorians. A death watch soldier enters and orders the servants to prepare a feast
1: for the warriors. Uh, as the warriors feast in the main tent, Chieftain uh, Pieter, <laughs> I guess Pieter, yeah, uh, a Pieter uh, of the native Mingpo tribe, barges in and confronts Visla, demanding the return of his people and immediate departure of the Mandalorians. Surprisingly, Visla agrees to. What is it? Piter? Piter's Piter, yeah. demands? Yeah. Uh, he promises that the Mandalorians will be gone by sunrise the next day And that the captives will be returned Lux sees this as a mark of honor among the Death Watch But Ahsoka is not convinced Vistler.
2: Chieftain Piter I don't remember summoning you You have taken our women Stolen our food and threatened us for too long. It's brave for you to come here with such bold words. You are no longer welcome here. Well, if our presence here isn't welcome, we'll make ready to leave. (laughs) And you'll return our people to us? Yes. Sunrise tomorrow. You have my word. Very well. We'll be waiting. You see? They're not the butchers. You make them out to be.
3: Man, when are these people going to learn that uh, when someone says, that, hey, we'll leave right first thing in the morning, don't worry about it. That is never the case. You know, Death Watch, like I said, man, they're the cowboys, man. They're the cowboys of the galaxy now uh, and the, the outlaw cowboys at that. And you know they took over this village. They they're using the slaves, the women as slaves to do their cooking and all that. The man, it looks like they just kind of they left at the village. They just took all the women. Um, but like I said, never trust someone who says that they'll leave at sunrise, especially someone who's wearing uh, the armor of the Death Watch. You don't want to do that. But uh, yeah, what do you think, Mike? We're getting ready for this uh, last half here, where this thing really, really kicks into some to high gear here. So uh, yeah, definitely. Um, go ahead, uh, you want to continue?
1: Uh, the next day in the Mingpo village, the Mandalorians gather before Chieftain Fighter, <laughs> <Pider? laughs> I keep having trouble with that. Uh, <laughs> Pre-Vizla hands Trila over to the chieftain, then stabs her in the back with his black lightsaber right before her grandfather's eyes. Vizla orders his warriors to kill the natives and burn the village to the ground. Lux is horrified as Visla chuckles and welcomes him to Death Watch. Wow, what a crazy scene that was! I mean, if you didn't, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people were
3: asking, "Hey, did you um, screen this episode before you let the uh, the young kids watch it?" and And I can understand that because here's the dark saber is back, Mike. Yeah, we got the dark saber, and and he just takes that and and you know right through the back, you know, right through the back of this uh, young. Uh, young female here so pretty intense and then you see this great image of all you know not all but you know five six eight whatever it is all like in a circle with jetpacks kind of just you know rocketing down and then all the toys start coming out you know the flamethrowers the uh the whips and not the whips but the uh yeah shoot out the uh The ropes that wraps people, you know, it was just, oh man, that was a great scene and some some violent stuff going on, man. They're burning this village down, just, you know, like you'd see like in the old days. So, uh, really, really ramped up this episode from here on out. Uh, Ahsoka can stand no more. Although she is unarmed, she kicks several Death Watch troopers to the ground. The warriors gang up on her, wrapping her limbs in her cables and rendering her helpless. Visla orders Ahsoka dragged back to camp.
1: Uh this is—that's the moment. Oh no, wait, that's not the moment yet. No, the good stuff happens when they get back to camp, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, R2D2 finishes repairing the damaged droids just as Visla and his warriors drag Ahsoka into the camp. Out of gra- gratitude, the droids offer to help R2 rescue his friends. And as soon
3: as that, as soon as that um, particular part of the episode. Right when I see R2 and he fixes all the droids, it immediately snapped in my head. I go, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen. You know, he's going he's gonna to be using these droids to uh, help with the escape because there's no one else there. I mean, there's no way to get any contact with, uh, with help. You know, it's up to Ahsoka and R2 and Lux and, and the rest of these droids. So we'll see how that plays out. In the main tent, Vizla expresses his disappointment in Lux for ally, uh, allying himself with a Jedi He promises that Lux will still get his revenge against Dooku, but Visa also seeks revenge against the Jedi for defeating the Mandalorian warriors of old. He ignites his saber, ready to execute Ahsoka.
1: Suddenly, R2-D2 noisily rolls into the tent, distracting the Mandalorians with all his extended tools and gadgets. He cuts Ahsoka's bonds and returns her lightsabers. Ahsoka ignites them, beheads four of her captors, and duels with Vizsla, clashing her lightsabers against his black blade. As the fight spills outside, the Mandalorians find themselves attacked by refurbished battle droids prepared by R2. Now, this is one of the top five moments in all of Clone Wars so far. Fantastic where, scene, yeah. Oh, Ahsoka, she gets the lightsabers and just... She just... Like bursts into this spin with the lightsabers as they ignite not only cutting out of the, the ropes that have got her entangled but also just slicing four Mandalorian's heads right off yeah. that <laughs> right at fantastic. That, it's that faulty neck joint I keep telling <laughs> people there's a yes. key flaw with Mandalorian's and it's that neck joint it's really susceptible to lightsaber cuts maybe we do um, figure that out
3: early yeah definitely yeah
1: yeah it's uh it's funny because it just it just keeps happening you know that's why that's why boba fett doesn't die in the sarlacc right if lucas cut his head off with a lightsaber he wouldn't uh, survive <laughs> but right, that's right. the only way that you know that a mandalorian's been dealt with i think yeah. i think it's it's kind of like you know dealing with like a I don't know, like a like a vampire or a werewolf or something. like that. You know, like it, they like Mandalorians have the, these rules. <laughs>
3: it's yeah. Not
1: dead until you cut the head off. Yeah. Now I, I enjoyed this, especially that beginning where she she beheads
3: the four all in one, you know, giant you know jump and twist. I mean, wow! Yeah. It's like, woo! This is getting and, and to see the the dark saber against the lightsaber in action again. Uh, I remember watching that with when he fought Obi Wan and, and the sound of the, the Darksaber is always yeah is always something I, I liked. Um, definitely really ramped up here. I loved it. Ahsoka we'll continue here. Ahsoka leaps over Visla and cuts through his rocket pack. He detaches it and drops it to the ground just before it explodes, knocking him to the ground. Ahsoka, Artu and Lux flee aboard a land speeder. But Bo Katan and two other Mandalorian warriors give chase. Katan and Ahsoka brawl atop the speeder but the young Padawan is able to kick the agile warrior off the vehicle. And again, you know, this whole, this whole scene it can, ending with this uh, last battle with Bo-Katan. Uh, great action. Pre-Vizsla, Ahsoka, great sound mix, you know. Uh, <coughs> they had some of that choral uh, music going in with the, with the soundtrack there. I love that part of it, too, uh, to, give it, to give it kind of a little bit more weight to it. Um, and, and again, the Darksaber, watching that in action, uh, Visla, Bo-Katan, the jetpacks, I mean, wow. I, lo- you know, I didn't think I, I loved the Death Watch so much, but seeing them in action like that, uh, like yeah. we did with Obi-Wan, man, fantastic. Great, great uh, end to that little battle there. So, uh, You want to finish it up, Mike?
1: Yeah. Uh, after losing their pursuers, Ahsoka, Lux, and R2 board their ship and leave Carlack, bound for Coruscant. Rather than return to the capital, Lux boards the ship's escape shuttle. He is determined to follow his own path, even if it means leaving Ahsoka behind. She tries to convince him otherwise, and he admits that they make a good team. He assures Ahsoka that they will meet again before blasting off to find his own destiny.
4: What do you mean, the escape pod has been activated? Lux, R2, the ship is yours. Flux! Flux, what are you doing?
2: I can't go with you, Ahsoka. You... you know that.
4: But... but we can try. Uh, Try to change things... together.
2: We make a pretty good team, don't we? Don't worry. We'll meet again. I promise.
4: Be
3: careful, Lux. And you know what I have to say too about this is it—it kind of reminded me of Anakin and Padme there for a minute, Uh, just the way they were talking. But I I had to play that because this is an important scene at the very end, where Mm -hmm. you know it's—it's obvious that these two. There's something more there. You know, you can tell. It's obvious. It's right there. It's in front of your face. I mean, they're talking about it. Hey, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to find you again. And and you can see Ahsoka. She has this look on her face like, you know, I I don't want him to go. um, But she lets him go. You know, there's no other. There's no choice. But yeah, but uh, important scene there because you're seeing the the beginnings of of Ahsoka maybe falling down a similar path as Anakin's doing uh, with attachment. Well, this
1: might be our uh our hint towards uh ahsoka's uh yeah to where she you know the up, the, huh? the conclusion of her story yeah mm-hmm, so right um i mean that 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 it seems like they might be sort of giving themselves an option of how to write that character
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh out of star war not necessarily out of star wars but out of the uh Sort of the main confluence of events, uh, yeah. so that she's not directly involved anymore, right? because um, you know, it, it's really clear that Lux has no place in the Republic, no, uh, or the or the separatists, or or with the separatists. So, uh, where does that leave him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so even once, uh, the Republic becomes the Empire, I mean, that's that's all the more reason to, uh, to not want to be associated. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, when when that happens it's understandable that Ahsoka would, you know, maybe go with him uh
0: right. to uh
1: to to be you know you know, to separate herself and distance herself from the Republic and the Empire.
3: Right. Um, right. just kinda of go off and be like a cut the Queen and like the deserter, just go find yeah, a planet exactly. and just and just live out the rest of uh yeah, definitely interesting yeah. yeah you never know what 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 this may point to in the future so that's a good point good point uh but yeah what do you think you know as a one-off episode like you said earlier i think it it worked because it it set up something politically but it got right to the action you know right away it's just let's jump into the death watch and this is what's going on so uh i i really enjoyed it. i love seeing the death watch again the dark saber in action some some great action good sound mix Um, you know, it just, it had everything. And it even had a snowy planet like Trespass. How can you not like
1: that? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was definitely, it was, this is, this is one of my, uh, it's one of my top episodes. Yeah. Cool. It's going to be up there. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cool.
3: So that's, uh, that was the one episode, a friend in need. And you know what? Let's get right into the Facebook post of the week.
2: Wait a minute. play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you got my message. I saw part of the message. You... I seem to have found it.
3: Okay, Mike, the Facebook post comes from JC. We all know JC, a uh, big uh, contributor to the show. He says, so here's a topic for discussion. You just met someone who hasn't watched The Clone Wars and is hesitant to get into it what 10 episode story arcs do you give them to watch to get them hooked and you know i've actually been not necessarily not put in this exact uh scenario but i've had had star wars fans go you know i really haven't watched the clone wars and and -hmm. you know i was even in the same spot myself years ago you know i had i had dvr the first like six seven episodes before i even started watching it because i didn't know what to expect i was like a cartoon whatever you know i'll I'll get to it but you know as as someone who's maybe new or doesn't know or or just wasn't sure about whether they should try it or not you know 10 episodes it's that's quite a few you know i would i would have to mention right off the bat um the savage Press arc Mm -hmm. uh, especially the ending on where you get um the Mortis trilogy seems like a good one, even though that one's kind of going back and forth. People, some people hate that one, some people like it. Yeah, I kind of liked it for what it did with Anakin and, and to some foreshadowing type stuff. Um, of course, um, what's some other ones? Maybe Landing at Point Rain. Um, uh, how about Umbar? Maybe you know, there's there's quite a few to choose from. Yeah, those are a couple that. Anything, obviously, obviously trespass. Any others? Yeah. um
1: well you, you know for me it would be it would be trespass definitely uh ambush the first episode of the series mm-hmm. um hostage crisis uh those would be my definites from season one uh now of course also uh rookies would be within the storyline for uh the the uh you know the what's their what's their squad
3: oh what's that's the, a... well there's are you talking about domino not
1: domino squad um
3: yeah, I think, yeah, the Is ones from...
1: Yeah, I think that's... I can't remember. Uh-huh. It's been a while since I've watched that stuff. i uh, got to go back to the beginning of Season 3. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that storyline, those three episodes uh, with, uh, with you know, Echo and, uh, and the guys that uh, Echo and Fives, uh, who Fives being the only one who's left, I think, right? Right, right. Who's now uh, an ARC Trooper. Um, and then, you know, from Season... To Children of the Force, definitely one of my all-time favorite episodes. Um, yes, yeah, I remember that one. Good one. The Deserter, a fantastic episode. Uh, I enjoyed Cat and Mouse a lot. Uh, I know it's not really one of those ones that that others are really into, but yeah. uh, but I love that episode. Yeah. Um, uh, Clone Cadets and ARC Troopers, uh, definitely. From season three, yeah, um, right. and then you know what? Not really a ton else in season three, other than uh, than the the Knight Sister Savageo Press stuff, right? Because because uh, the rest of it is the Mortis trilogy and then the Citadel trilogy, mm-hmm. which uh, I enjoyed both of, but I wouldn't consider them a good introduction to the series. And then Padawan Lost and Wookiee Hunt, I would tell uh, anybody not to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, and then uh, yeah, I mean, this season so far has been kind of, uh, I mean, the 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 uh, kidnapped the and escape from Kadabo, like the the trilogy right. that we just finished. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say is one of the stronger. You know, in fact, I would say other than the the clone arc, the three episode clone arc, um, that follows the rookies, mm-hmm. uh. I would say that that the the slaver arc, most recently, has been the best three episodes that they've put together. I mm-hmm. think like that's a really solid story from start to finish. Right. Um, really good look at at the characters uh, at more than one character at a part of Star Wars that we haven't really seen much of, but that we've heard a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, not really very Clone War centric. There's a little bit with the Separatists in there, but um, yeah. And uh, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say right now. Well, a friend in need, I would I would put in there. I, I count this episode amongst my top five, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and these next three episodes coming up, or the next couple at least.
3: Well, I was gonna, just gonna say that. Yeah, let me let me let me answer that at the end of season uh, four because we got some yeah. stuff with Darth Maul that. It's probably going to be pretty high on my list. I can't imagine it not. Yeah.
1: Well, we've got this story coming up next. And week this story, yeah, yeah, with uh, with Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, just based on the preview alone, oh man, it looks like it's going to be a really good arc. It's probably going to end up being three, uh, you know, some of my favorite episodes. Cool of the series. So
3: yeah. Well, I'll mention a couple of those. Brian Anderson, uh, he quoted as rookies landing at Point Rain. Uh, Ark Troopers in the Ambara series. Uh, you got Kyle Every. He likes, uh, he had mentioned um, Ambush, Rookies, Hostage Crisis, The Deserter, Mandalore Plot, Bounty Hunters, The Night Sisters, and Darkness. Oh,
1: Umbara. how could I get Bounty Hunters in there? Bounty, yeah, Hunters, Bounty is Hunters is such a great episode.
3: Yeah. Tim Garasi, uh, he would go with the Ambara arc, Rookies, Mortis, Night Sisters, uh, The Night Sisters trilogy. Uh, what else we got down here? Uh, Jason Boyd Hunt, Ryloth Trilogy he likes. Lair of Grievous, Sisters Trilogy, Hostage Crisis, Weapons Factory, Darkness on Embar is one of some of his favorites. And Adam Do- we got Adam Doty here. He likes Trespass, Ryloth Trilogy, Season 3 Finale, Weapons Factory, Brain Invaders, and the Death Watch arc. So this is a couple of our uh, face- faithful Facebook uh, posters in there helping us out. Uh, great post by... Uh, uh, james i'm sorry J- jc always come out with some good topics for discussion so but mike you just talked about uh next week episode let's let's talk about that right now huh? what's coming up next week it's called deception and it's uh well before we take a listen it says uh when the jedi learn of the separatist plot to kill to kidnap chancellor palpatine one of them must go deep undercover as a hardened criminal, to extract information from the conspirators. Hello, oh,
2: bounty hunters. Uh, we don't need their scum. One bounty hunter in particular is trying to make a name for himself in the worst way possible. I killed Obi Wan Kenobi. Who is Reiko Hardy? And more importantly, how can anyone stop him? This is for Obi-Wan. Watch the special four-part event of Star Wars The Clone Wars next Friday at 8, 7 Central. And go online now to see a sneak peek.
3: Whoa, what's going on, Mike? Killing Obi-Wan Kenobi, four-part arc? What the heck? Man, it's this Four-part is... arc. Did you hear
1: that? Four-part, four-part arc. Wow. Four parts. Is that right? One, two, three, four episodes. Wow. And then I... Wow, you know what? I think that's going to take us clear into uh, into the, the Darth Maul arc. Yeah. I would bet you anything. If this is going to be a four-part arc, this next one's going to be a four-part arc as well. Somebody at Lucasfilm, I hope you're listening to this episode because I am very upset with you. Why did I not get to see this in the theater?
3: Yeah, wow.
1: I want to see this four-part arc in the theater as one movie. Yes, just like right they did with the Nice Sisters, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, they need to do that every season. That was such a great experience last year. Oh, it was uh, fantastic. You know, yeah. I you know I just went to a movie theater inside. You actually got to go. Oh, it was uh, wow. You know, hang out. With it doesn't the maker get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but jeez, I tell you, but wow. this is going to be uh, this, uh, the next few weeks are going to be pretty good. I yes. think season four might. uh might take it as one of the best seasons. So,
3: yeah, definitely. And and I did
1: actually watch the preview
3: at cartoonnetwork.com. You can go there now and or go there and check it out. And it's just basically a minute long of this there's a funeral and we don't know who's under the casket or who's in the casket, who's under the sheet cuz it's yeah. covered up. But uh, you see Anakin and a lot of council members in their cloaks with the hoods on. Uh great look. Obi-Wan or uh, Anakin is thoroughly pissed off i could say and uh well wow. and there's
1: somebody there's somebody really specific there that mm. gives you a hint of who is underneath that uh that that cloth because mm-hmm. uh, duchess satine is actually at the fair yeah. standing next to ahsoka i think so right. uh that kind of gives you the hint of yes. who is supposedly uh dead so yeah but, this would be mean, interesting Obviously that's not the case, but (laughs) we're going to see how this all plays out starting next week and I guess going through uh, most of the way through February. Yeah,
3: I think so. Yeah, Good stuff, man. I can't wait for this. This is going to be fun, but that's going to do it
1: for this week, though, Mike. Yeah, that's it for us. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com You can check us out on Twitter as well. Our username over there is Clone Wars. That's Twitter.com slash Clone Wars. You can just simply tweet us at Clone Wars. You can also tweet me at uh, ArkWolf. That's A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And uh, you can tweet Matt at the Crankster. Yes. Uh, so you can, uh, you can get in direct contact with us that way. And uh, you can also send us some email, uh, mike at clonewarspodcast.com and matt at clonewarspodcast.com. But you know what? I shudder to say that email is becoming outdated. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. it's the least efficient way to get in contact with someone. Um, Especially Twitter can, and Facebook now? Yeah. yeah, you can also jump on our Facebook page uh, at facebook.com slash CloneWarsPodcast. And uh, from there, you can get to our uh, our Facebook group, and uh, and you can get in there and join in on the discussion and uh, let us know what you thought about episodes and uh, and all that good stuff. So that about does it does it for us this week. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for the episode Deception. All right, we'll see you next week.
2: Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. Force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.
0: Hello, my name is Stella, and I'd like to introduce you to a special kid named Donovan. Donovan will be turning nine this January. He loves building things, archery, turtles, and Star Wars. Sadly, Donovan faces some difficult struggles on a daily basis. He's been diagnosed with Asperger syndrome, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Every day, Donovan has to cope with disabilities and deal with the harsh judgment the outside world gives him. We are starting this Kickstarter campaign so that Donovan and his family can tell their story. Together, they would like to write a book called Donovan and the Dark Side. It will educate people on the disabilities from the perspective of Donovan himself. He will talk about the ways his disabilities affect his everyday life in a simple way only a kid could. The book is called Donovan and the Dark Side because Donovan is a big Star Wars fan, and he has used his love for Star Wars as a great coping tool for his problems. One of the central themes in Star Wars is the struggle one faces to stay away from the dark side. Donovan relates to this in a big way. The Jedi fight anger to keep from turning to the dark side, and Donovan's disability causes him to constantly be fighting his own anger. He compares his fighting to regain calmness during his bipolar tantrums to a Jedi trying not to turn to the dark side. In the book, Donovan will talk about different ways kids can cope with their disabilities, with the lessons he learned from Star Wars, as well as other creative methods he's come up with. We are asking for $2,000 so we could do a print and a digital edition of the book. Money will go towards things like designing the e-book edition, editing and publishing the print edition, and promoting the final copy. Any surplus of money received will go towards services for Donovan, such as museum trips, park memberships, and other needs.
1: Thanks for listening and for donating whatever you can.
2: For more information or to make a contribution, please visit kickstarter.com and search for Donovan and the Dark Side. Thank you.